Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So tonight we're going to discover how our Lord's passion affects the way that we live as Christians in our place of work, whether we are workers, employers, supervisors, uh, teachers, or students. To help us understand how we live among people in our vocations, we will look at something that Jesus said a short time before his passion began on Palm Sunday. Matthew chapter 20 uh, records Jesus' 12 disciples arguing about who was the greatest among them. They believed that Jesus was about to come to his earthly kingdom, and they were basically arguing about who was going to who he was should pick as his CEO. Each of them wanted to be the head of this whole operation. Each of his disciples wanted to get ahead in this world. They did not have Jesus' best interest in mind. They did not have the best interest of the world in mind. They did not even have the best interest of each other in mind. Each of them was only looking out to get ahead himself. And the absurdity of their selfishness is shown in that their argument came immediately after Jesus had just told the disciples that he was going to die and rise again. They were so blinded by their personal ambitions, by their own pursuits, that they could not even see the sacrifices that their Lord was about to make, the sacrifices that he was talking so much about. It says, Jesus, seeing the disciples fighting, called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be greatest among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now you should note that Jesus, as he was traveling towards Jerusalem, he did not move to this city in order to make it big. That is something that you and I might do. No, Jesus came to the city to give himself as a ransom for all humankind. The Son of God came to give himself to a world that would kill to have his power. The sacrifice that Jesus spoke of, it still didn't register. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was talking to his disciples and he said this to them, You will all be offended Because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now this statement, it offended the disciples. Remember, this is is kind of, you would look at it kind of as this is your boss. And here he's saying that all of you will fall short. Now, and also remember 
They had not seen anything bad yet. They only saw good. I mean, five days earlier from the time that Jesus makes this statement, they saw a throng of people praising Jesus on Palm Sunday. They saw the great crowds gather around him to be healed and to hear his teaching day in and day out. They thought that Jesus was about to set up his earthly kingdom and it was, as it was noted earlier, they wanted to sit at his right. They wanted to sit right next to him in his kingdom. They were not thinking of sacrifice, even though Jesus continually talked about it. They were not even thinking of service. They were only thinking of gain. Peter answered Jesus and said to him, You know what? Even if all the others deny you, which I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) He didn't say that, but he said, Even if all the others deny you, I will never deny you. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you this night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said even more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others said likewise. All of the disciples were still fighting for the best place while they were talking to the boss. I'm not going to deny you. Me neither. Me neither. Why? I believe they really loved Jesus. They did but they were still looking out for their best interests. Later that night, however, the tables would turn. There would be a power shift. Jesus would turn himself over to the authorities. Then all of the disciples, quote, forsook him and fled. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for for the disciples and for the world. The disciples fled. Even worse, a couple of hours later, while Jesus was spit upon, blindfolded, and struck by soldiers, Peter was saying, I don't know what you mean. I don't know the man. Peter was saying this to the people who asked, You also were with the man from Nazareth, that Jesus. And when Peter saw that Jesus was not going to be brought into his earthly kingdom, Peter's loyalty changed for a moment. He acted as though the person that he wanted to be sitting at his right hand, he acted as though that person was not watching. And a little later, those standing around said to Peter, surely you are one of them. You are a Galilean. Your accent gives you away. Peter started calling down curses on himself and swore, I don't know the man. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed a second time, and the Lord turned and looked on Peter. Can you imagine their eyes meeting in the courtyard? I've thought about this. Peter said, not 12 hours earlier, 
I, even if I have to die, I will never forsake you. And here he is. He can't even acknowledge knowing him. Why? Because Peter was thinking of his own needs. He was scared. Things did not look good. He wasn't actually jockeying for a position in the new regime, but he was looking not to get hurt by the new regime. There was someone greater than Peter in that courtyard, and he was giving himself as a ransom for Peter. And as Jesus gave himself for the sins of Peter's denial, their eyes met. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter broke down and went out and wept bitterly. Peter's thoughts of his own greatness, they were shattered. He could do nothing but acknowledge the fact that he was a poor, miserable sinner who deserved nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. But, as Jesus was flogged, stripped, mocked, and nailed to a tree, Peter's punishment was being paid for. And Jesus would forgive Peter by his blood, sweat, and tears, by his holy passion. And this would change Peter's life. Throughout the book of Acts, And in Peter's letters, we see a man who no longer seeks to be served, but a man who seeks to serve and to give his life so that the people would come to a saving saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Peter would even die on a cross, as his Lord did, by the hands of his enemies. Why? he refused to deny that he knew the risen Lord. Peter's life was changed because of Jesus' forgiveness. Now, how does this all affect the way that we live as Christians in our daily work, whatever that may be? Well, as I was looking over the the verses in our table of duties, there was a couple of things that jumped out at me. Let me reread Uh, that verse to you. It starts out, slaves. Let's stop there for a second. Does that offend any of you? Well, this is the same word that Jesus used to describe himself when he said, whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Anyway, the scripture reads, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Do you see what caught my eye? The sentence, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is upon you, 
That part struck me because it reminded me of when Jesus, I, came upon Peter. And what was Peter doing? He was denying Jesus. But when Peter knew that Jesus was looking, he was saying, I will never turn. He thought Jesus wasn't looking, but he was seen. We are to work for our employers. We are to work We are to work for our employers as though we were working for Jesus himself, not the man, so to speak. That boss is not your enemy. That boss is someone who needs to know Jesus. They need to know that their sins have been paid for. You may not witness to them with your words, but the way you treat them will go a long ways. The word of God says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever he good he does. Now you might not particularly like your boss. You may feel as though he or she, um, I guess you may feel like you don't owe anything to them. But everyone should want to respond to Jesus in thankfulness and praise. Because Jesus has paid a debt that we could never pay back. This, by treating other people in a certain way, it simply says, thank you. He has washed our sins away by the blood of his cross, and we want to be thankful. Also recognizing that his death and resurrection on the cross actually paid for the sin of our employer as well, paid for the sin of that professor, paid for the sin of everyone who has been placed over us. Moreover, Jesus' word tells us that if we do well on the job, if we, do, if we strive to do well in our classes, I know you can't get all A's all the time. But you know what? About, speaking about getting all A's all the time, do you know that your good grades actually reflect well on your professors? They actually reflect well on your institution. Uh, That's something to to think about as well. But this this is actually more than this. This is a way we can thank Jesus for what he has done. Even if our boss or our professor is a jerk. Now, there's no denying that some are. But we do well because we know that we are not just serving our boss or our professor. We are serving the Lord. The Bible tells us this. Our service is thanksgiving. It's not earning anything. It is thanksgiving. And it is a witness. It is the love of Jesus for our boss, professor, whoever has been placed over us. And if God has called us to be an employer or a supervisor or a professor someday, we want to, we want to treat those under us knowing that he who is both their master and ours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. 
Jesus said that, Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Whether we are an employer or an employee, whether the people around us are great or whether they're hard to deal with, we want to recognize that our service to them is done as if it were done unto the Lord. Moreover, our service to them is a witness that God loves them. Whether they receive it or not, it doesn't matter. Our job isn't to make people receive God's love. Our job is to love them. And we want to love and serve well. Because even when we denied Jesus, and we have every time that we sin, he still serves us. And he still gives his life to us. In the, in the body, in the blood that was first given on that day where he ransomed all mankind. He took away the punishment that we deserved. And because of Jesus, we have eternal life that we could never have earned. We show our gratitude in the way we live as Christians at our vocation, our school, or our place of work. For when we serve at school and work, we are not serving ourselves. We are serving others for the sake of Christ. He values those people, and so should we. As Peter later would show, our service is thanksgiving unto the Lord. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.